When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's now time for the Monday Breakdown with Mick Gannon, Dean Watling and Mitch Lewis. Welcome back to Giddy Up. Time for the Monday Breakdown um, with the best team in the game, Dean Watling from DeanWatling.com and Mickey Gannon from The Great Tip-Off. Unfortunately, Mitchy Lewis is a little bit crook this morning, so we wish you the best of luck in your recovery, Mitchy Lewis. But let's welcome her, Mickey Gannon. He can't do anything wrong. He's dominating on a Sunday afternoon. He's dominating Saturdays. Everywhere you look, he's tipping winners. Hello to you, Mickey Gannon. Yes, good morning, G. Morning, Dino. Hey, Dino. Morning, fellas. Uh, good to be here. Grafting weekend. Plenty to chat about, so keen to look yep. into it. Where do we start? That's the big question. Do you want to go to mm. Flemington or Randwick? Uh, I'll let you take the reins, G. All right, then we'll get straight into it. We'll it's go, your show. Yeah, that is, that's a very good <laughs> point you make. Um, we'll go to Flemington. It was interesting to hear Damex comments about the track as well, saying it, it felt firmer than a soft five on Saturday. And I think the times reflect that. So um, that's a, that makes me a little, it fires me up a little bit. I don't know how that just, that you can't, you can't misinform the punters like that, Mickey Gannon. Well, we spoke about it on winners in the morning and the suggestion was it's probably on the better side of a six Yeah, and it was hot, G. It was really, really warm yeah. that morning. So, that's life. It's no surprise, but yeah, it's it's a little bit disappointing, but mm. it's also, it also doesn't come as a shock. Let's have a look at Flemington. We'll start off with the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. Private Eye Imperatrix, toe to toe at the 150, but Imperatrix knuckles down, gets a neck in front of Private Eye coming again. Imperatrix, the star wins. Imperatrix has won it. From Private Eye Espiona, what a run. And then Bella Nipatina, followed by Richard. So Fortune, I could have went quicker than. Then those horses up that straight in the early part. Um, Private Eye didn't really want to lead, but he just had no other choice. Blake Shin, that horse was just towing him into that race, and he was trying to go as slow as possible. And Peritrees just sat off him, and they dominated the race from start to finish. Um, it was great to see her win like that, Dino. I thought that she was under a little bit of pressure, especially after that trial. But hats off to the Tiako Racing team, Mark Walker, um, Benny Gleeson, they did a wonderful job with her and she showed her class in the end. Yeah, she did. Um, obviously, there was a lot of chat about her. We spoke about it as well. Um, her winning on the weekend doesn't change that probably her trial was a little bit underwhelming, but her star quality sh- shone on the weekend and she was able to win. Yeah. Should she have won by more uh, with the setup, the, the slow tempo probably um, early and then the sprint home? I'm not too sure. I think we just take it as a win and maybe look further on, but um, I'd probably think Maybe looking back on it, we probably didn't chat about it enough. Maybe the speed map, and maybe all yeah. the the talk was about how good her and, and how bad her second trial was. That we forgot about the speed map here, and that there was going to be no pressure up on speed. Love the ride of Blake Shin. He's an elite jockey, private eye. What a horse! He can go back and go forward. He's on for a great campaign, and the eye catcher Gano was Espiona. That's the straightest I think I've ever seen her go um, since probably her first preparation. We know she can lay in, lay out, but she was um, gun barrel straight down the straight there at Flemington. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on, uh, Dino. I don't know what we do with Imperatrix moving forward. She was really impressive. She might have some natural progression. Espiona out of the is probably the horse out of the race you, you're really keen on. 
would you take a dollar sixty again in paratrees off what we saw there? Mm. Well, I guess that's the that's the question that will be answered next time they go around. Uh, what do you have any indication of the next target, G? She definitely goes to the William Reed. She won't go to the new market because you'll get too much weight. And then I think she goes to the TJ Smith and then she heads home to New Zealand for a spell. And that's her campaign. Yeah. William Reed's mm. at the Valley, isn't it? Yeah. William Reed yeah. is at the Valley. So just having- so, You'd be pretty confident her back at the Valley, given what she's done there. Yeah. I think where she might be most vulnerable would be the TJ Smith in Sydney. So she's at a dollar eighty in Paratrees in the William Reed. I wish I wins five dollars. Bella Nipatina at eight fifty. Buddhist Notches at thirteen. The New Market Handicap. We'll have a chat about the Bet Three Six Five New Market Handicap market after we listen to the Expressway Stakes in Sydney, which was a superb performance by the King King of Sparta. Buddhist Notches was the odds-on favourite, but he was further back than Walla Walla. King of Sparta starting to wind up, but still a little big gap off them. It's Malkovich. He's getting tired now. King of Sparta down the outside and Cole Crusher digging. Here's the King. King of Sparta over the top. King of Sparta beat Cole Crusher. Malkovich scrambled into third, I fancy, just in front of Wattis Notches. Now, just too far as J-Mac pointed and out, he'll have a bit of a freshen up and head to the quokka. And J-Mac's furious that he can't ride in the quokka because it's on the same day as the All-Age Stakes. I think it was on the same day as the All-Age Stakes last year. It was because I had to go and represent Godolphin and James Cummings with Kemantari and, and SEN track because <laughs> James couldn't make it. I love how he said you had to. Yeah, well, I was only steering. Um, King of Sparta, 650. He's on the third line of betting. Is he going better than an overpass at the moment? I know it's a little bit hard to tell because overpass... Um, we haven't seen him since winning the winner bottom. Amelia's jewels at the top of the market there at four dollars. Mickey Gannon. Yeah, I, I would. I'd have overpass and Amelia's jewel ahead of King of Sparta. I think yeah. race set up perfectly for King of Sparta on the weekend. Mm. And uh, be honest, Nachos. Well, I'm not sure what's going on with Nash, but um, he was at the velodrome on Friday night at Canterbury, and they mm. may have just been caught. Completely napping. Obviously, there was a bit of circumstances there, but in a small field, you know, yeah. getting caught be, caught behind it around straight Acer and west of Dolby, well, less than ideal, Dino. Yeah, I think that stable's absolutely humming at the moment, Snows. But what we got to understand is there was a majority of those horses were first up for the preparation, and where King of Sparta had a couple of runs, he had the residual fitness coming off that Queensland win. And the way this race was run was brutally run to the 600 meter mark. Malkovich sort of set a tempo four lengths faster than average to the six. So every horse first up, he's screaming at the top of the lungs. It's like the first day of preseason where King of Sparta, he's already had a couple of sessions under the belt and he just lapped up that tempo. So uh, answer the question about him and overpass. Overpass has tactical speed. King of Sparta doesn't. Um, I think he needs the right race shape to win and he got that on the weekend. Uh, want to be forgiving of Buenos Notches. He pulled up one out of five lame. I thought he was okay to the line as a pass mark, but you look for the Shields report and he's had an issue. Um, he was good. That's, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, he I was think good. you got to understand the tempo there. It's the last thing he wanted um, first up. I think we were talking about the race maybe being a sit and sprint on Thursday, but it com- turned out to be the complete opposite. So uh, forgive him. Trust his SP. He was heavily backed. Um, and outside of that, Cole Crusher was um, really good at the sort of cut the field up to that Terraway leader. He's come back better. And we know Joe Pride go. His horses just progressed through the preparations. Look out for him second and third up. Yeah, no, Malkovich has gone better there than what we saw yeah. last time. And I was about and to it, say that. Makes you sick if you've been backing Malkovich's mm, last couple of yeah. starts. Well, I was on him to start prior, and I think uh, from memory he went too slow, and I think they've gone, you know what, This is we're, we're going to throw all the dice here, and Joshy Parr has, and he's nearly got the job done, but absolutely blew it up for Bronos. 
Yeah, great ride. Like that's if you think of the race and you're in Malkovich's corner, that's the only way he's going to win the race. He's not going to win the race by setting a slow tempo, letting him sprint over the top. So, um, race fit horse took the circumstance of Josh Parr. That's as good as he can go, I think. Um, maybe can he win another race? I think he needs like a race like that where he catches some that first up in the preparation. He can use that race fitness edge. But yeah, oh, I love. Oh, ride. Rose Hill eleven, maybe not Rose Hill twelve hundred, eleven hundred. With those tactics, he could win for sure. Yeah, he's been up a little while, Malkovich, but geez, Bjorn Baker could train anyone these days to win a marathon, including myself, mm. and that's saying something. Mm. Newmarket handicap quickly. Imperatrice won't go, so she's the favourite at Bet365 at $5. Espiona, six. Private eye, they'll wait and see how much weight he does get from the handicap in a Newmarket. Buenos Notches, if he's okay, he'll go. I'd love to back him down the straight at $8. Um, yeah. That's I think he's a different horse down mm-hmm. the straight. I am unstoppable. Big concerns there. He's at eleven. I wish a win won't go around. Bella Nipatina probably needs a more genuine tempo. Um, she'll be weighted, I think, to at her best anyway in the new market, but she's at thirteen. And then we go to In Secret and King's Gambit. So yeah, that the new market's now um it's a that's an interesting race looking at that market with a few of those horses at the top of the, the market definitely not going. So, gee, be yeah. honest, not just eight dollars. New market seems like a, a good yeah. bet. And the suggestion was, I wish I win going to the William Reed. Is that locked no, in? No, I, I don't know if you will. Okay. Not, yeah, he's got a trial in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, I, who knows what Moods is thinking there? He owns the horse, so he, he does what he wants. <laughs> he does whatever he likes. Yeah. Magic time, G Man. Any idea? If, I know she's in the market. I haven't heard thirteen dollars. Yeah, I'll find is, out. Is that the target? Mm, I'll okay. find out. Um, yeah, it's an interesting new market. It is. Speaking of I'm Unstoppable 2, pulled up slow to recover. I know yeah. uh, they will sort of pour back the inside cylinder and then I'm Unstoppable. So, but I think the query's out on these three odds. I yeah. doubt they'll win a race against older horses this autumn carnival. All right, then we're going to take a quick break. On the other side of it, we'll talk about the middle distance stars over the weekend and there was no bigger star than Fangirl. As Macca pointed out, she's the Tay-Tay the racing game, she was superb in the Apollo Stakes. So we'll talk about her straight after this break. Fangirl is starting to rattle down the outside of the track. And in a stride, James McDonald let the mare go. And Fangirl quickly put three lengths on them. Think it over second. And then came Militarised. But Fangirl, what a beauty. What a return to racing. Fangirl trounces them. Militarised second. Think it well, over third. Well, she was third. awesome. Macca says she's the Tay-Tay of Australian racing. And it was Winx-like. So that basically sums it up there, Mickey Gannon. Yep, that's all you need to know. It was yeah. super impressive. Uh, she did it with absolute ease and you don't want to be in her way moving forward because I think that uh, I think that she's probably the best horse in Australia off that, G. Better than Mr. Brightside? Yeah, I think she's yeah. come back better and I think he's come back about the same. It's going to be a fascinating Sydney carnival, isn't it, Dino? When you weigh up, say, a, a horse like Fangirl looks... Well, she looks unbeatable when she sees, and Macca says like it's, it's probably um, misguided a little bit that she doesn't like soft ground. Um, she's still very good on soft ground, but she's better on a good track. But the way that she went there on on Saturday, how do they beat her? This this preparation, this Queen Elizabeth over two thousand meters, with the Japanese arriving, it's going to be some race. It is. I think it's mouth-watering in the sense that we found out you know, she went to Cox Plate and ticked that 2,000-meter box um, in the spring. So, yeah, I think J-Mac summed it up. Winks like uh, glided up to him. The only jink in her arm is her tactical speed. But I think if you stick to Ram Week and you have a setup like that, she's absolutely panelled them. Yep. Um, 
it's just interesting, isn't it, to see our horses bounce off sort of the spring carnival. She sort of didn't show nothing in her trials that she's come on that two to three lengths or one to two lengths or whatever it was on the weekend, but um, she could only do what she'd done there and she absolutely touted them up. I think it was two and a half lengths between the rest of them, but she's put three lengths on them. So exciting. And like you mentioned, Gareth, it just makes us racing fans even more excited that we've got Queen Elizabeth, international horses, fangirl, Mr. Brightside and co. It's, uh, it's what we want. She's a dollar eighty for the very elegant stakes with bet three six five. You nearly take that, wouldn't you? Think it over seven fifty. Buckaroo nine dollars. Kovalik at ten. I thought out of that race, Buckaroo's a horse I want to be following. He he was put into my black book there, Mickey Gannon. Yeah, he was good late. G. I thought he and Militarize were really good yeah. uh, moving forward. So yeah, happy to be with those two. Albeit, we Dino and I was talking off air about it. You know, if you look through the horses in and around them, there was there was a Navajo peak there. Uh, Lindemann for you was mm. was actually was quite strong through the line as well. Yeah. So I think yeah, Militarize and Buckaroo will be the two out of the race and Lindemann would, slight question mark, but was pretty good. I would love to see Lindemann. I thought with the booking of Timmy Clark, they'd be a lot more yeah. aggressive on him. I mm. just, it didn't make sense to me. I thought they would get out and roll in front and, and mm. use Timmy like Timmy's at but his it's... best when he when he's able to do that. And after the race, Tim just said, Well, she he didn't have any galloping room. Now he's been but... gelded. He seemed to like he trial like he he always does. So I thought, well, and there wasn't much there wasn't much speed really on on paper that he he could have taken the spot of thinking over there, Mickey Gannon. They may have like bigger proper targets Correct. in mind for this yep. horse G, and and that might be you know reading between the lines there. Yeah, I agree, and that's the great Dean Lester taught me. And I probably didn't listen to it. Well, I, I did listen, <laughs> but I haven't really. Uh, executed. I should, I should execute a little <laughs> bit better. But it's sort of, like, like at the start of the, these campaigns for these horses, to be when you tip horses and you're trying to bet into these races early doors, and I think you can you can get an advantage if you can read between the lines and you can think like a trainer in a way. A lot of these horses yep. are building up to their grand finals. Um so a horse like Buckaroo and Lindemann, as you point out, Mickey Gannon, there might be a big race in them and they'll be targeted for that race. Like a, you, you see a horse like Switzerland that we'll get to in just a moment. He'll improve off that run heading towards the Golden Slipper. So it's understanding the trainers and where these horses are at in their preparations, um, which is always interesting. Now we need to take a quick break. On the other side of it, we'll have a chat about this controversial race um, with Jimmy Starr and the Elms Handicap. And Macram, who won at a big price, but he raced a lot better than a hundred to one chance. So we'll have a chat about that race and see what you would do with the All Star Mile market and what you'd do with Jimmy Star going forward as well. So we'll take a break and come back with plenty more. This is the Monday breakdown. Thanks to Bet Three Six Five, Gareth Hall, Mitchie Lewis is on holiday, so we've got Mickey Gannon and Dean Watling with you on this Monday. Great interview with J Mac. Love the show. Yeah, a bit of SEN talk. Who was that? We've got to give him a couple of beers. Um, whoever that was. SEN talk. It like, sounded like you go. Put it the, did, put yeah. The voice on. <laughs> with, with a sock over you. A sock over the phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, SEN talk. You can get in. Um, that's the way you can talk to us, basically, these days. Go to the SEN app. Click on Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. And you can record your message. You might have an opinion about this weekend's racing. An opinion on Craig Williams' ride on Jimmy Starr. Let us know. We'll play it on the show. Some text messages coming through. How that Pride of Jenny is out of this Saturday, uh, Mr. B, arguably the M-word in the futurity. 
Um, I'm not allowed oh, to yeah. say that anymore, Cooper, but it'd be mighty hard yeah, to beat. <laughs> um, Gareth Spard from that, Coops. Yeah. God bless the Drift King of Sparta. Gareth, can you check with Newgate whether a tourist will be coming out of retirement to knock off Imperatories again? That's from Alex. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, I don't know about that. I reckon it'll be interesting. If she wins the TJ Smith, she goes, she goes into, I don't know, she's a champion now, I would imagine, but she definitely nails that champion status if she can win a TJ Smith in Sydney. One under sure. tags a Milo yesterday. My mate myself yesterday up 200% and 450% on our stake for the day, kicking back with some responsible drinking and tuning into my favourite track team. Good on you, Brad from South Yarra. The boys had a fill-up there yesterday, it sounds like. Well, I listened to it for a little bit. We might play a grab from tags talking about Craig Williams' ride too on Jimmy's star. He gave an interesting opinion about that. So we'll play that grab and we'll talk about that race Straight after the 9 o'clock news, this is the Monday Breakdown team, Gareth Hall, Mickey Gannon and Dean Watling with you on this Monday morning. 9 o'clock news time. Don't forget the Monday means test. Johnny O'Neill, Wayne Hawks will be joining me just after 10 o'clock. Let's take the news. Jimmy Starr at the 300 metres shook up here. Savannah Clouds close on the outside and just about eyeballs it. Jimmy Starr still has a bit to do. Savannah Clouds getting closer. Jimmy Starr just from Savannah Cloud. Here's Macram on the outside. Jimmy Starr fighting, but Macram the falter. Macram's got up to win from Jimmy Starr. Savannah Cloud in a photo for Macram third with jumped Carini. out of the, the ground to cause the big upset there at Flemington on Saturday, but there was plenty of controversy. Straight after that race, Kieran Maher said that Craig Williams had a brain fade after taking Jimmy Starr to the front. Craig Williams then apologised for his ride on Jimmy Starr. It ignited a lot of debate, passionate debate on the social media platforms. I'll play you a, a snippet of uh, Miles Fitzner and Tommy Haylock on the Betfair show there yesterday on 11.16. This is what they had to say about the ride there on Jimmy Starr. But there's two rides yesterday you can pop. I'm completely disagreeing with you, Moss. What? I don't think Jimmy Starr wins either way. So there was five. Well, so, so listen to me, well, Moss. Well, 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 Hang well, on, well. listen to me. Listen to me. Get no, the no, facts no. right. I've done the data. Oh, you sound like Brad Davidson here. Five, 14. <laughs> you sound like Brad Davidson come out and said, don't pop the ride. Was Craig Williams apologised for it. Kieran said it was bad. Johnny O'Neill said it was bad. The jockey himself said it was bad. And you're saying wouldn't have mattered. Wouldn't have mattered. So... <laughs> There was five five fourteen hundred meter races on the program. Yeah, it was the, by far the slowest fourteen hundred meter race to the eight hundred. So the first eight hundred meters of the race, first eight hundred meters of the race, they've gone slowest of the five fourteen hundred meter races. Savannah Cloud got beaten a half length by Jimmy Starr. If Jimmy Starr goes back and settles three wide with cover, she's conceding, or he's conceding four or five lengths to Savannah Cloud, and they go even slower. I don't think Jimmy Starr can make up that ground. What, what do you mean you don't think he can? That's exactly how he runs. Have you seen the starts yes, of Bendigo? Yes, but off a slow tempo with Savannah Cloud. He only beats Savannah Cloud by half length here. Macram didn't even get out till the 275, and that win was outstanding. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I don't think either way off a slow yeah. tempo. I have to put Tommy Haylock into labor. I've done the data. Um, oh, we'll, we'll chat about this um, as the morning goes on. I thought David Taggart made a really interesting point regarding riding horses in a different way outside of their usual pattern. Now, um, he was talking about Hollow Bullet during her career. Of course, he won an Oaks on her. This is what the the little man, David Taggart, had to say yesterday on SEN Track. Plus, you've stuffed up. I remember, as I said, I speak about Hollow Bullet. Mate, I, I rode her first up 
over a thousand. We taught it. We had to teach her to settle because she was up on the bridle. And I was back third last over a thousand at the valley. The winner came from last. The second horse came from second last. I was third from third last. And I said, Johnny, the horse never pulled. Blah blah blah. I didn't have my weight the next start. Espasta rides at over 1100 against Tarny Girl and all that. Goes to 1100 at Caulfield, didn't get my weight. Basta rides it. I speak to Stevie. I said, mate, we've been teaching this horse to, to settle and, and that because we wanted to get her over a trip. Tarny Girl was a speed machine trained by Clinton McDonald. He let it up. He led her over the, th- the 1100 at Caulfield. And I rang up John and said, so that was a waste of time, me getting a, ringing up Espasta. Rode it totally against what we did. He keeps the ride next start. Because I didn't have a high enough profile that, you know. Yeah. You know, because, oh, yeah, the owners. I said, but you own it. Anyway, he slaughters it again at Mooney Valley. I jump on it. The rest is history, right? I ride her over 1,400. So that tags us to basically potting Stevie Basta um, for stuffing up hollow bullets early part of her career. Um, but it was an interesting debate. Jimmy Starr goes down. Kieran Ma says Craig Williams had a brain fake. Craig Williams apologises for the ride. And then you get... Mixed opinions about whether it was a good ride or a bad ride. What's your assessment of this, Mickey Gannon? There's a lot of variables here, G. Um, I think J Mac hit the nail on the head when he said if he if he rolled forward on Fangirl, then he might also um, blow her up, so to speak. So there's that. They aren't machines. I think that's that's the um, that's that's the headline. They aren't machines. A uh, couple of points I want to make. So the data, which I love the data. It's mm. the baseline mm. of everything I do. Suggests that this was the slowest um, of the fourteen hundred meters to the six hundred meters. So that means the first eight hundred meters of all the races, this was the slowest race. However, there's two points here that need to be made. They went slow the first two hundred. This horse, Jimmy's Jimmy Star, has run the fourth fastest um, next two hundred splits. So from the uh, twelve to the eight hundred, has run the fourth fastest next uh, splits of the meeting for those area sectionals turning it's against its comfort zone it's against what it's used to so there's a variable there yeah. there's also one horse one outside of um one in those inside four lanes across the day so nine of the 10 winners were lanes four and beyond was a bit of track pattern against i don't know but just purely say it to the 600 meters a horse had every chance it should have won and it, that that's incorrect you know yeah, I think there's two parts to it. Uh, if you reference the ride uh, comparably to what the stable wanted and what they wanted to do with the owners, etc., I think it's a bad ride. They told him that they wanted to teach it to set off speed, close off over the top, and he's going to the front. So I think that's where the poor ride comes from. Um, in regards to where he was in his position, I think if you've got to be a lead horse, you've got to be able to put yourself on speed. That doesn't mean you have to lead. But moving forward, just figured out that he's not a leader. I think that's what the stable knew, but maybe his punter's we see a horse leading. We think that it had every possible chance. Yes, it should have won. It's SP, it's boom, everything like that. But maybe it's just a horse that doesn't like that and doesn't want to do it. So I think it's pretty easy. Could he have won if he was off the speed? Gano, how long is a piece of string? I think that's yeah. the debate you come up with. Um, I think it's too many variables to figure out. Did that last run bottom him out? We'll never know any of that. I just think as a horse moving forward, we know his exact pattern now. Needs to be ridden with cover. That doesn't mean he has to be back last. But overall, poor ride in regards to what the stable wanted, what they were after, and what they're trying to build with this horse. Um, I think all the rest of it's subjective, Gareth. So what could have Craig Williams done then after that? So he goes straight back to last um, and take his medicine instead of pushing forward. And, and, well, he had once he pushed forward, he had to do what he did in a way. Otherwise, he would have been caught wide, Mickey Gannon. 
it was interesting, Jay. If you watch the first 50 meters of the race, he was almost half a length behind Savannah Cloud. Yeah. So I don't know. If the, I think there's two horses on the inside actually bumped him a little bit and, and sort of a, a minor squeeze there. And he was half a length behind that horse. So he, he could have take, he could have restrained. And as an owner of that horse, what I want at that point in time is I want him to come back and I want him to finish over the top. And if he gets beat, we'll cop that, right? Yeah. That's fine. But he's $1.30 and the punters are saying yada, yada, yada. All my point is the two, the six figure, right? Mm-hmm. That we're all talking about referencing doesn't actually tell you the whole picture. It's tough, but what do you do with a horse moving forward? Hopefully, everyone jumps off because I think it becomes a great betting opportunity. And all these yeah. experts out here that have said that the horse is not good enough, well, I assume that they'll be laying the horse, and that's going to give well, that's going to give a better price. He'll, I think, he's still going to the All Star Mile. So, do you think he underperformed? Do you still think, even though he got beat and maybe he didn't handle going forward, did he did he perform unders just a little bit? Did he race a little bit flat? He performed unders to the race shape. Correct. Yeah. 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 That's probably Gano to the nail on the head. Jacko, clip that up and put that on the socials. I think the thing moving forward, Gano, the biggest thing for that is. Producing now, then, eh? Look at you. Yeah. You, you just, yeah, you just biggest... stuffed up the grab because you've just said that in between. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest thing moving forward is that it wasn't a gut buster. Um, I think if he went forward and they say they pulled the pressure on and he's had a complete gut bust and the preparation's over, I think the biggest thing is that the tempo wasn't that brutal. Um, yes, he's at the sprint home, et cetera, et cetera, but I think his preparation's fine. I think we just figured out as punters. I know you're probably disappointed if you chimed in at the price, um, but hey, I guess that's what you get for chiming in those shorter, short odds. I don't know how you would – like I would sum it up this way. Like I've got no knock on Craig Williams for using his initiative and – thinking, well, no. I've gone to plan B here and it hasn't quite worked. So Craig Williams gets paid to do a job. He's one of the great jockeys of all time. And he would have made thousands of decisions in races where he's had to go on to, he's had to move back to plan B. And this time, as he pointed out, he apologized. It didn't quite work out. The other part about this and the punters, I think sometimes forget about this is there's two different perceptions when it comes to trying to work out whether it's a good or bad ride. For a punter, Craig Williams going forward and doing what he did and keeping that horse out of trouble um, as a dollar thirty favourite. Some like Brad Davidson and, and Tommy Haylock think that's a great move because that they think that the horse gets every opportunity and they don't want him to be out the back or caught wide when they're walking and he mathematically it's just impossible for him to get into the race. The other perception it comes from the owners. And the owners and trainers have a grand final, maybe for Jimmy's star, which might have been the all-star mile. And they would have had a plan to say, okay, we're going to give him a, an easy run here once again. We're going to see. We still think he'll get away with it. He'll show his turn of foot and his ability will get him over the line. But we want to see this horse doing this um, to make sure that he's on track for his big grand final. So because the punters don't know behind closed doors what's going on with the preparation. Mm. So it's like a football coach sitting down and you might – say that this plays best on ground, he kicks two goals and gets 30-odd touches. But the coach doesn't give him any votes because he didn't man up. Um, he didn't play the team game. He he didn't handball when he needed to handball. He went against team rules and he stuffed up that horse's – or he stuffed up that team's preparation going forward. So Is that your it, career, G? That's my career. <laughs> yeah. I was selfish. Autobiography. Trying, trying to be a hero all the time. But that's like – there's different ways that people think about the game. Yeah, and, and there's nothing better than getting or putting your horse into the race, yeah. but it's, it's sometimes it doesn't work for that horse, and, and that's fine. So, yeah. you know, it, it, I, don't think, I don't think it's hard to say, isn't it? Like, I don't think any party's right or wrong here. 
It just is nah. what it is. And, and is the horse a betting proposition moving forward? That's what you've got to determine. Yeah. Well, I, we are with punters. Well, I don't think you can back him in an all-star mile. Is he a chance in a Doncaster if he gets in at the bottom of the weights? Would you back him in a Doncaster, yes, Mickey? you could, for sure. Yes, oh. and have. I think it's. I think Enzine is probably the other example of this. Uh, obviously, popped out the back first up, has a blue diamond in the pipeline to come, and everyone thought she rolled forward. But we look at through a really narrow lens as punters. We think they're there to win at all costs with every single run. But obviously, owners and trainers have different perception, and they have bigger targets, which they get paid to do. That's their job. Just trying to find the Doncaster market to see what price we can get around for. Around 13, I think, Gareth. I yep. chimed in last week. It was around 13. Probably $26 now. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it might get a little bit more. Oh, if, so if, 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 if all these astute, astute judges are, are right, it should be 51s. You might be able to get 51s, Dino. It's a great it's game. I love how everyone gets so passionate. And, and some get it's abusive. Beautiful. They take it to heart. It's only a bloody race. Just relax. Everyone can have a different opinion. doesn't mean... <laughs> They're a bad person when, if they disagree with you. Well, the crazy thing is, like, even the even the best tipsters and punters are, are, are wrong 70% of the time. Correct. Like, Speak uh, for yourself, can I? Oh, yeah. No, I can't, I More can't, like 80. I can't, get the Don, I can't get the Doncaster market up. Let's move on. Talk about some of the three-year-old performances on the weekend. We'll start with the CSA Stakes. Riff Rockets very wide. Hey Fat Cat still had a bit to offer. 200 metres to go. Two lengths. Here's Riff Rocket and King Colorado now over the top. Riff Rocket took the front of the 100 from King Colorado. Terrific return. Riff Rocket spun it by a leap. Second King Colorado, a photo for third. He's going to be hard to beat Riff Rocket in the Australian Guineas. We saw him sprint really well at Flemington during the carnival last year. Mm -hmm. Not the, 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 the cup carnival, but the race. There was a race leading up towards... Um, his Derby preparation, it was in between, he went to Flemington, Caulfield, and then to the Derby. But off off a slow tempo, he sprinted really quickly that day. I think he provided the, the best final furlong mm. for that particular day. So we know his turn of foot. He's at 3.25 now with bet 3.65 for the Australian Guineas. King Colorado at $5. Snow Patrol's at 9 I don't know if V8's going that way at 6.50. And Otago... Um, he started favouring that haystakes. He wasn't disgraced, but this is a lot for him in his first preparation. He's at $11 here, Dino. He's going to be hard to beat, Riff, Riff Rocket. He is. I think the tempo helps him here. They were going around two lengths faster than average to the six. So if you talk about a horse coming off a, a derby win, 2,500 metres first up, sit and sprint's probably not his go. So I think that tempo has definitely helped him. But I think behind it, what do we do here? You've got King Colorado, who probably had a similar run and had every chance to run over the top of him. Um, and he hasn't. Are they just very even, these three-year-olds? I sort of talked about this in the spring, and I've gone off the boil a little bit with it, but I think I'm back on that opinion. thought her dad was good. Otago, what do you do there? I think it's too much for the first preparation to be backing, but I don't know how you take anything away from the winner. I think you yeah. just got to follow that horse, don't you, Gunnar? Yeah, I've got a cut. Yeah. Calvin McAvoy's just text in. Um, V8 definitely going to the Australian Guineas, straight to the Australian Guineas now. Okay. I, I think, yeah, with this race, I want to play it, and this might seem a bit obscure to, to some people, but here's how I want to play it. I want to play King Colorado third up. I think he'll be a great bet. And I think Riff Rocket third up. So I think they might come together and we'll get a really good price, King Colorado. And I think Riff Rocket just might be a little bit mm -hmm. flat after that run. Amazing run. And then third up because they're yeah. one run ahead of each. Yeah. Um, King Colorado is one run ahead of, of Riff Rocket. And I think that's how you can play and make some money out of it because they're the two you want to be with moving forward, G. All right. Then here's Kamachi winning the light fingers. This was a big effort. 
Learning to fly is winding up. Tis Invincible four lengths away. Learning to fly down the middle and Kamochi through the middle. Learning to fly and Kamochi. Learning to fly the outside of Kamochi. Stride for stride. Kamochi. Kamochi does it today. Great training before. She had a long preparation. She went all the way through to the thousand guineas and then had that short let up and then wins the light fingers first up. Learning to fly was a big return and Tis Invincible. I didn't ask Macca that. I should have been. She just didn't have any luck from the draw. Um, I still thought she was only fair to the line there, mm. Dino, on the weekend. Um, but yeah. well done to Gary Portell. It's a wonderful training performance with that filly. Yeah, it's probably one of his biggest edges, Portelli. He can get these horses up and keep them up. I think we saw that with NCAP in the spring. He raced a million times and still sort of comes back good. And Kimochi, she probably deserved that. You look at her profile, about five or six seconds from the spring. Um, I think it was just run of the race stuff for her. She had the perfect run in transit. Do you want to be with her moving forward? Yeah. I'd suggest no. I think learning the fly was outstanding. It was a terrific ride by Chad Schofield. Um, he got her into a great position. I think with that race fitness now under edge, Gano, she probably progresses. I think the big run of the race, and I hope, um, I'm sure you didn't miss this, was Steffi Magnetica. Come ah, from the same as this year, <laughs> uh, position as Tiz Invincible when she was outstanding. Oh. I don't know where she goes. I hope Bjorn drops her back or puts her into the last race of the day because he's killing it at the moment with that. But um, I thought she's the one to take out of the race, Gunnar. She was enormous. Um, Kim Etchie's got absolute Christmas. Full credit to Gary Portelli for getting this horse up again and, and going. And and a nice ride by Jace. You can only do what you're going to do from Barrier 3. He did the job. Uh, Chad Schofield produced the best ride probably on the day at at, mm. uh, at Ramwick and just got uh, nudged. Uh, Mumbai Muse looked the winner at the 300 and had issues, ended up being beaten yep. 17 lengths. Um, no, there's obviously clear excuses there, but I'm not sure we do that horse. But Arctic Glamour was good late. Tizzy Vince was yes. good late. Stephanie Magnetica was good late. And then Chris Dilly's run, you know, run third from a wide barrier. So I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a race we can follow with fully confidence because there's so many of them that mm. look so good. It's wait and watch there, Dino. Yeah, I think we've got to do this to the three-year-olds. There's not much between the margins. So I think gates, barriers, everything that means a lot more on the next sort of start. And, yeah. Um, I just think progression maybe. So learning to fly, the, the query with that is, does she have that flat run second up? That's in the back of my mind. I'm just not, not sure what to do with Tiz Invincible. I love James's comments, but Gareth's probably too busy asking about ice buffs to, to ask him about that. Good one. Yeah. Good one, Dino. Um, learning to fly, I think Alex is right. If they change the gate. Um, if they change the gate, then he, she probably wins, despite the ride there from Chad yeah. Schofield who gave her her abuse. Definitely. Um, and I don't know about listening to Gary Portelli said that I don't know if there's too much more improvement in her because she only had that short break. That was her maybe her grand final there on Saturday um, mm. to take out the light fingers. We'll take a break. We'll come back and have a look at the two year old races on Saturday, and then uh, of course we'll get our horses to follow from the Monday breakdown team. Gareth Hall, Dean Watling and Mitchie Lewis is not with us, so Mickey Gannon is with us. Mitchie Lewis is crook. Um, just because Dana had a go at my integrity and my professionalism, um, I just got on to J-Mac and he said that that horse was really good. You watch it win the Futurity base, not the Futurity, you watch it win the Surround Stakes, basically. Um, $6.50 with Bet365. Learning to fly four dollars, Kamachi five fifty, Macarena eight dollars, Estriella nine dollars. But Tid's invincible at six fifty, Dino could be the play.
Estrella's probably big there. I know Gunner's eyebrows picked up a little bit then. I think there's not much between them, but that's a cracking race. There was a good race on the weekend. The surrounds just even more mouth-watering. Let's listen to the Piero plate there on Saturday afternoon. It was the first race in Switzerland. Jeez, he was awesome. Inside the 200 and now Switzerland opens the shoulders, really lays it down to Shangri-La Expresses, fighting on doggedly, but Switzerland too strong at the end and Switzerland two out of two, wins the Piero Plate, beating Shangri-La Express who really stuck to the task, extreme diva running well in So J-Mac said he was ridden outside of his comfort zone, Chris Wallace says this is... There's a lot of improvement to come heading towards the Golden Slipper. That was some statement under those circumstances, Mickey Gannon. Yeah, absolutely. It's enormous. The horse could definitely go on with it for sure. You've got to trust what Chris has to say. Uh, we'll be. I, I think he'll be better, you know, ridden midfield. And it's the kind of slipper that's sort of setting up like that, isn't it? With plenty of uh, Waterhouse and Bot Runners really in contention, you're going to need a horse that's going to jump out of the ground. I know they've got Espionage, the horse that sort of was pretty good from from back and wide uh, on debut that we'll see that horse again. So that could fit that profile, but Switzerland's definitely fits that profile, G. And in regards to this race overall, Shangri-La Express, I think, will improve significantly off that. So you can't drop off it uh, at all. However, just depends on where it goes to next. And Devana, well, I heard you speak to J-Mac. I'm not sure where you got the inside scoop on that horse, but that's a great <laughs> bet on the champagne. Just that's having, a great bet. You're, I was talking to you, to be honest. Um, oh, okay. But I, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, was, I was watching, I, I went in back and had a look at the replay because I heard Chris Waller talk about that galloper with his preview on social media. And then when he was interviewed by Greg Radley on Sky Thoroughbred Central straight after that race, just as he was leaving that interview, he said, what about the other two-year-old in that race? So I went back and had a look at the replay. And when he was doing his preview with Charlie Duckworth on Thursday, he indicated that he'll be winning the slipper with Switzerland. And then um, that horse we are just talking about will be doing the militarize and winning the yeah. other races. Um, so I, I'm just going to play the champagne because I, I – I so seventeen dollars, Devana, for the champagne. Yeah, I genuinely think like Storm Boy could definitely win the fourteen hundred meter race, and and that's mm. a bit competitive. But if, if Devana wins the the size, well, the champagne, it'll be all over by the shouting. So that's your bet, the champagne. Yeah, it was a big effort, and I I agree with you. Seventeen dollars is a great bet there with Bet Three Six Five. This horse, Artavark, was heavily supported there at Flemington down the straight for their two year old race. Aardvark's trying to slide into it, followed by Fully Calculated. 300 metres to go, counter-offensive in front, but it's got company. Winchester the outside. They were followed by Bitter Creek, and Aardvark is running on, counter-offensive, with 100 metres to go, trying to stave them off. But Aardvark's the threat. Aardvark takes the lead and came clear. Aardvark won it well. Reasonable point from the cloud second. Bitter Creek third, and then counter-offensive, who got the stitch. Would you start this horse, Mickey Gannon, in a blue diamond on the quick backup if he pulls up okay? 100%, G. Yep. 100%. That's what they're there for. Yep. Dino? Um, Dino? Yeah, good win. I think the stable really liked this horse. Interesting to see where it goes. Oh, I love the way it chimed into the, the race when the whips were cracking. I think the second horse is probably the one to follow out of it too. On debut, mm-hmm. Storm home from the clouds, needs to learn its racing craft. But um, I think the top two... Yeah, they're about to. You could tie in a couple through counter-offensive too, Gunner. We get that line through high octane and a couple of overs as well. So I think it's a hot blue diamond. Um, but when you've got a horse spinning like that, you have to push on, surely. Here's the Triscay Stakes from, from Saturday where Samana defeated a very unlucky favourite.
Out there, and Samana went into overdrive, and Samana and Samaji. Now Alencia is bursting along the rails, but it's Samana in front with a clear running, and Samana beat Alencia a half length. Samaji third. It's fair to say Alencia was a good thing beat there. Um, Tommy Berry doesn't make too many mistakes, and I love Tommy Berry, but uh, it wasn't his greatest ride there, Mickey Gannon. Wasn't his greatest ride, you know. I've watched it a few times. You know, it's so hard because they went so fast on Penthouse out in front and and either or. And you watch the replay again and you think, oh, you know, he's going all right. And then Penthouse just just compounds yeah. completely in front of him. And I think he just... lost the race. I know he protested, but um, that Jason Collard took his spot. He needed to keep him out three wide. And I don't know mm. if Jason broke the rules there. He, he, the, the, the protest was dismissed pretty quickly, but... Um, whether Tommy's horse didn't allow him to hold that spot there, one off the fence and keep keep Jason three wide. But that was the difference between winning and losing, Dino, on the weekend. Yeah, well, it's kept him from the inside. And then, like Anna mentioned, the two leaders still compounded. And as she went to make her run, and momentum's a beautiful thing in racing. Samana's sort of building the revs on the outside where Lentia's trying to duck back the inside. Even balked, if you watch the stewards footage, she sort of touches inside rail and sort of balks. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no doubt that she should have won. But I think it was a really good training performance by Kieran Ma. 14 back to 1,200, five weeks between runs, and Samana was outstanding. So um, well done there. But moving forward, Alenti is the better horse. Do we get a price second up? I highly doubt it. Should probably come up unders and drift. So as a punt, I'm annoyed there because I don't think we get a bet next start. But hopefully she's back. I think yeah. she's touted a lot. Um, sort of ebbs and flows of a form last preparation. But we need these ranks and these older horses to step up. And I think she's one that can fill the void in that sort of 12 to 600 meter setup. All right, then horses to follow from the weekend, lads. We'll start with uh, you, Mickey Gannon. Yep, Espiona for sure. Uh, King Colorado on a back next start for sure. Very keen to back it. Um, no knock roof rocket. Very keen to back it third up. Just hopefully we get a, a bit of a price there. Uh, there was a few from a few from Randwick as well. I thought militarized wherever it goes. I want to be with it. Lindemann Buckaroo, big watch on those horses. And, uh, that's probably about it for me, other than Duvana, which is like the one. Yeah. Well done there, Mickey Gannon. Um, I Dino. love it. Mickey Gannon's black book the whole meeting. I've got four learning oh, to fly. Wow, <laughs> I had five. <laughs> but you're right, you mate. Black book the whole you black book the whole Apollo States. I've got learning to fly, <laughs> stepping magnetica. I thought time quest is really good in the last. Complete sit and sprint. I thought uh, it was good and buckaroo, Gareth. They're the four for me. All right, then. Hey, lads, it's been a lot of fun. Quick, a uh, few questions coming through. Um, learning to fly changes the gate, wins the race, Alex. I think we both agreed there. Give me Willow's ride on Jimmy Starr. Any day over Nash's on Bonus Notches. Gave it zero chance. Mickey fair, Gannon. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, boys, why don't Newey on Saturday look out for Ahuri or Ahuriri or something like that? Stepped up to the 1,900 metres, ate up the trip, and in good time, might be a smoky in a three-year-old classic. Did anyone see that, Gallopardino? Yeah, they went really hard early. Uh, nice win. Um, I haven't reviewed that meeting just yet, but I like that push because we can see horses that go those distances come out of those sort of weaker provincial setups. Do you think that horses that don't jump like a global harmony yesterday at Charting should all bets be refunded? No result or back in bonuses. Um, it's a difficult one, like harness racing when they gallop and you do your money at the start. It's heartbreaking. But I think with Global Harmony, I, I couldn't believe he was heavily supported. There was a risk that he would do what he did there last night in Hong Kong. But I think it's not fair. If you back the winner, then you've got to cop deductions because a horse didn't yeah. 
behave mm. itself. So that's that's gambling, unfortunately. Um, yeah, that's the risk. unfortunately, that's the risk that we yeah. are taking. As yeah. as bad as it is, and sometimes when you when you're having a bad run, one won't leave the gates Correct. for you, and that's just the way. And, it goes. and Zach Purton got booed like he was the worst thing yeah. ever, and I couldn't like. And that was it was. You could hear it on the, on the TV it? coverage. It was two dollars ten, but they just got yeah, stuck into go. the champs. So they if got it was twenty one dollars, they wouldn't they wouldn't have yeah. blinked an eye. A um, lot of fun, boys. Thanks for that. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Thank you, Dan and Dean Watling there for the Monday breakdown.